welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? My name is Kara Filekoff, counsel with Outside General Counsel Solutions, and I'm here with Marco Gonzalez, who's a partner with Outside General Counsel Solutions. Hi, Kyra. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. We're here today to discuss a very important topic, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which went to effect recently on June 27, 2023. For those who may be unfamiliar with this act, certain employers are now required to provide reasonable accommodations to workers known limitations related to pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions. Marco, can you provide a little more insight on the implications of this act? And what will now make employers unlawful? Sure. The PWFA will now make it unlawful for an employer to, number one, make, uh, not make reasonable accommodations in connection with known limitations related to the pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions of a qualified employee, unless such covered entity can demonstrate that the accommodation would impose an undue hardship. Second, um, it will be an unlawful for the employer to require a qualified employee affected by pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions to accept an accommodation other than any reasonable accommodation. It would also be unlawful for the employer to deny employment opportunities to a qualified employee if such denial is based on the need of the covered entity to make a reasonable or reasonable accommodations. It would also be unlawful for the employer to require a qualified employee to take leave, whether it's paid or unpaid, if another reasonable accommodation can't be provided, or take adverse actions in terms of, in terms, conditions, or privileges of employment against a qualified employee on account of the employee requesting or using a reasonable accommodation. Thank you for that overview. Now, can you provide any insight on which companies will be impacted? Because I'm sure this will kind of be front of mind for so many employers. Sure. So a lot of these type of statutes have a a triggering uh, clause of a number of, of employees. So here, the statute defines a covered employer or covered employers as any private or public sector employers with at least 15 uh, employees. And that this extends to you know, Congress, federal agencies, presumably state agencies, employment agencies, as, as well as labor organizations. Well, that's pretty encompassing of a lot of businesses, yeah. I'm sure, mm-hmm. that you deal with on a daily basis. But is there any guidance on what may be deemed a reasonable accommodation since those will need to be provided now? Sure. Um, The statute doesn't define what that is, but the House Committee on Education and Labor Report on the statute provides some guidance and some examples um, in that report that I think uh, the public should know and covered employers should understand. The first is assistance with manual labor. Uh, job reassignment, the ability to sit or drink water, receive a closer uh, parking space, flexible hours, appropriately sized uniforms, additional break time, leave or time off to recover from childbirth, 
and be excused from strenuous activities and or activities that involve exposure to compounds not safe for pregnancies. Now, this is not an exclusive list. This is just basic, based on this House report as guidance, and I think we may get more information once the EEOC publishes a proposed regulations under the statute. Well, now that the act has come into effect, do you foresee any policy issues arising or any questions uh, arising as to how this will apply? Sure, sure. So while we know a covered employer or covered employers means uh, an, an, an employment or a business that has 15 employees, does that mean part-time? Does that 15 number include part-time employees? Does it include interns? Does it include um, subcontractors or employees that you use from an employment service, right, or another company? Uh, does it include independent contractors? So those are open-ended questions that I think uh, – uh, employees would like to know more detail on. And we may get some of that in the proposed regulations. And I know there's a lot of questions even considering things like seasonal employees or how you uh, yes. come up with a lot of these numbers. That calculation itself will probably raise a lot of questions. But I know uh, the definition of undue hardship under this act is the same as the definition set forth in the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, can you elaborate on how that impacts the act and impacts sure. employers. So I'm, I'm glad they did that because there is, that it, it, it shows some guidance for covered employers. But under the ADA, a undue hardship uh, is um, something that has significant difficulty or expense for the employer. Now, the question is, what, what arises to that? What type of factors come into play? And so I did a little digging, and under the ADA, when that came active in 2002, the EEOC published a guidance of what constitutes reasonable accommodation and undue, um, undue hardship. And under undue hardship, I looked at some of the factors there that I think may be relevant. Again, this is just my opinion, but some of these are, are pretty logical, such as the cost the, the nature and the cost of the accommodation and the impact on the employer, the overall financial resources of the employer making the reasonable accommodation, the effect on expenses on the business, uh, the type of operation of the employer, and the impact of the accommodation on the operation of the facility. And I also found something interesting in that guidance where the EEOC said that an undue hardship cannot be based on the fact that the provision of a reasonable accommodation might have a negative impact on the morale of other employers. So I'm going to be curious to see if that comes in either through a guidance or through the proposed regulations that the EEOC is presumably preparing as we speak. And it's interesting to kind of take that into consideration with the fact that the employment market is so different today than I think it has been in the past, where morale and, I think, attitudes are so important. Yeah, one of the glaring exceptions or uh, uh, that you don't hear in any of this or is not in the statute is the you know remote workers, 
right? You have a lot of folks that are working remotely. So is this going to impact this new reality that we have of how many people are working remotely going to play a role here, especially in the proposed regulations? And the other part is, is that, you know, 15 is a small number, right? Uh, A lot of small businesses have 15 employees or more. And that's, I think that's going to be an issue for a lot of those small businesses. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think that what a lot of small businesses will have to do is kind of see what the EEOC comes out with. I know the EEOC plans to publish the proposed regulations so the public can offer comments and provide feedback. So that may be an opportunity for businesses to say, you know, wait, I understand there's a need here. But there's also significant business need, which may counter that or it may kind of tailor the offerings provided under this act or kind of how it will be put in place. Right, right. And also, you know, the fact that they're accepting charges for pro- proposed uh, or alleged violations when we don't have detailed guidance under a proposed reg is 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 an issue and because uh, these small businesses um, may not be used to uh, having to comply with a statute like this because some of the other statutes like the federal uh, medical leave act for example applies to em- employers that have 50 or more employees so that's a whole different can- classification of businesses this is going to impact a lot of small businesses and they may not know about the statute let alone how to comply with it. And so that's why, you know, we're doing one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast and also to let, you know, get the word out that this statute does apply if you have 15 employees or more and that you should be vigilant in checking out uh, the resources out there uh, either by EEOC or OGCSolutions.com to find out what's the latest news on on these proposed regulations. It'll be interesting to see if uh, attorneys should be looking for the charges and see what the results of those are to kind of impact their guiding of businesses moving forward. Because I'm sure like opinions that come out, there's a lot of information in there to kind of unpack and understand and provide guidance on, especially this being a significantly different act because it covers such a smaller business right? Uh, with the 15 covered. I think we're going to start hearing, you know, about that in, uh, as the months go on and as word reaches, you know, employees, because I can tell you that, you know, labor unions and other labor organizations are definitely going to spread the word about this. So employees are going to know. They're, they're amongst the first to know when there's these news laws around the books. The question is, do the employers, especially small businesses, understand what is uh, what they have to comply with now and where to get the information they need to, to, to learn more about this new requirement? Employers need to be as savvy as the employees. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, that's the reality, right? Because, and now with the internet, the information is, is freely, but, you know, it, it's... The, the key is going to be when the EEOC publishes those regs, the proposed regs, and public comment comes in, uh, we'll get a little more clarity here. Well, thank you so much, Marco, for your time and your insights. If anyone has questions about the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act and how it may impact your business, be sure to contact OGC Solutions. And also, be sure to check out the other Think Factory podcast so you can learn how executives think big and grow their business.
Thanks, Carol. Thanks for having me.